Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin a three-part series with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, which states, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. This message not only completes last week's message on the believer's consumption of wine or alcohol, but explains what Scripture truly means by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Please listen carefully to Pastor Harris as he teaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, Be Filled with the Spirit, Part 1. There's a remarkable evidence for the personhood of the Holy Spirit in the grammar of the New Testament. Because in the, in the Greek language, pronouns and adjectives have to agree in, pers- in, uh, in gender with the verb and, and now, or with the noun, rather. And nouns have gender, masculine, feminine, or neuter. The word for spirit is neuter. And every time that it refers to the Holy Spirit with a pronoun, it's always him, her, or his. Personal pronouns, not the impersonal pronouns, it or its. The Holy Spirit is not like the force of Star Wars. Um, I saw a gospel tract one time. I, I really hope it's out of print. It was based on relating the force from Star Wars. I mean, people understand the force. from Use the force, Luke. Um, they, they thought, well, let's be cool and let's relate that to the Holy Spirit. And the implication of that tract is that the theology of those movies is essentially Christian allegory. And it's not. The force has a good side and a bad side. And, they, and they're in balance and in stasis. That's not true of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's God Almighty, one of the three persons of the Godhead. Now, mind you, there is a theology behind the worldview of the Star Wars movies and books. But it's basically Eastern mysticism. It's a kind of a hybrid Hindu-Buddhist sort of view of the world. Now, the Star Wars movies, I think, are fun. I, I confess to enjoying them for the, for the science fiction, but their theology is absolutely terrible. The Holy Spirit is a person who comes to control believers who are willing to cooperate with Him. He's not an impersonal force that you harness, you submit to His control. Number five, and this will be our last one for today, you must pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what your experience has been when I was a young Christian. I was told this, and uh, there was a, um, a, a, a very unfortunate little booklet that was circulated that taught this. And uh, many times, years ago, I prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill me. I would, know, I would discover that since the last time I prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill me, I messed up somewhere and I sinned somehow, so I must have lost the filling, so I better pray again. It was kind of a shock to my system to discover there's not one shred of biblical evidence anywhere to support telling people, you need to pray 
or you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm all for praying. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. I'm all for desiring to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a good thing. But here's how the faulty logic goes. Ephesians 5.18 is a command. We are told, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, goes the logic, being filled with the Spirit is obviously God's will for us. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says that we are to pray according to God's will in order to have our prayers answered. Therefore, we must pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's the logic, but it's not logical. Uh, the the non-logic in that reasoning is, is tragic. And we're going to spend plenty of time learning what 5.18 means when we get to the biblical statements, but I assure you, this passage does not tell you that He fills you if and when you pray for it. It's a command, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't do anything to get the filling of the Holy Spirit. The command is in the passive form, you allow the Spirit to fill you. Might prayer be involved? Well, yes. Might confession be involved? Well, yes. But it's not conditioned upon you praying for the filling of the Holy Spirit. And the reason I want to include this in, wanted to include this in my list is the tragic implication of this false teaching. Because if you believe that, you tell somebody that, you must believe that if you have sinned, you've completely lost the filling of the Holy Spirit unless and until you again stop and consciously go through the ritual of a specific prayer to be filled. And that puts the burden on you. That puts a tremendous load of guilt on somebody. You say, when was the last time you prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Um... 2007, I think. You understand? If it's conditioned upon you have to pray and ask for it, you're pushing people into an impossible kind of teaching. It leads to a great load of guilt, a whole lot of insecurity about your relationship with God. It's the kind of teaching that drives people into legalism because it makes you want to be sure you have a rule against everything that might jeopardize your filling. Okay, it's, it's not a negative thing, it's a positive thing. You choose to submit to His leadership, to His control, which comes through the Word of God. Now, we'll get to all that. We're, we're not finished. Um, not, not, even, not even finished with the first half of the outline, the negative part. But these are worth our time to think about, and we're going to return, pick it up here next time. But I want to ask you to just prayerfully process the the um, things that we have seen already from Ephesians 5.18. First of all, don't miss the negative part of this. To yield control of your faculties to the use of alcohol or anything else that you choose to ingest or inject into your body, other than medicine that you might need, to do that is the antithesis of God's will for your life. The walk of the wise one in Christ seeks to be clear-headed, sober, and seizing the opportunities for ministry that God gives to you. And we don't have anything that would be called drinking wine in the 
meaning in the sense of Ephesians 5.18 in our world. You've got to be extremely careful if you choose to imbibe at all. Second thing we've learned, at the moment that you put your trust in Jesus Christ and you receive the free gift of eternal life that's in Him, you received simultaneously with that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Trust that truth. You may have feelings to the contrary, and your feelings are real, and your feelings can be very powerful, and your feelings lie to you every day. They do not accurately, most of the time, reflect reality. They're just how you feel about something. Trust the truth. Learn about it. Live in light of it. Don't let anyone trick you into thinking that even though you have Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You do. You need to do what He asks of you to do, and it's all revealed in the Word of God. And finally, understand, every time you choose to do the will of God, remember last week we talked about proving what the will of God is, the, the, <coughs> the moral will of God that is 100% revealed in Scripture. Every time you choose to do what God wants you to do, every time you choose to act the way God wants you to act, every time you choose to practice the fruit of His Spirit, you are thereby under His control, which is the essence of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to study more of all that that means as we work through the rest of this fantastic sentence, which is Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. My friends, do you have Christ? Is He your Lord and Savior? I, I hope so. As I look at your faces and those of you that I know your story, I'm so thrilled that we share this common faith in Jesus Christ, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And if we are in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. He chooses. He wants to control us. The choice is ours. Let Him or don't let Him. Let's let Him and let's pray. Our Father, thank You for all of Your truth. Thank You for the Holy Spirit who, who lives in us. May we be wise in the, the, the seizing of the opportunities that You give us to glorify You here on earth. May, as people look at us, may they see the, the walk of the new ones in Christ. May we walk as children of light. May we walk in those good deeds that You've designed that we would walk in them. Father, uh, wherever any of us might be holding back some aspect of the obedience that we could be giving to You, the, the, the full commitment to doing Your will for Your glory, deal with us as You need to, that You might receive the glory. Please don't let anyone leave this place apart from knowing You through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Have Your way with us to that end, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.